calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to Awkward Sex in the City. If you have never listened before, we talk sex, dating, relationships. We go on some stand tangent. Sorry, guys. We go on some tangent about things that maybe don't feel like they're sex related, but in the grand scheme of sex positivity and exclusion, they actually are. I got to sit down with like my really good friend Mary Dorn, who's an amazing photographer and just overall funny person, and we just talked about like her past and things happening now and how it affects you and it's a really fun episode. I feel like I made that sound very serious. It's I laughed a lot in this episode and I think you will too. Go enjoy. Go listen. Right? I feel like dudes when they're like not informed on cunnilingus, they start they like they they go with the lips. And it's like no, you got to go up. Like you got to yeah, there's you one gotta spot. Work for it. Yeah. Get in there bought me lots of food and lots of drinks and I was like you suck you're the worst how dare you <laughs> treat this person this way one more order of fries and <laughs> <laughs> because I have all people with vaginas in here when you hear the term papa squat what do you think of um sitting down really not yeah. peeing Okay, no. I got into an argument with dudes that they were like, no, it means sitting down. I was like, no, it doesn't. It means pop a squat because we have to squat to pee. Well, who is telling you to pee? Oh, I'm, th- I'm talking like being drunk and you're like, I have to go right oh, now. I'm going to squat. I'm going to pop a squat behind this car. That works. That works. Okay. But you could also just say it like, hey, pop a squat. I really, I got Welcome. really indignant with these guys. I was like, you don't know what they're fucking talking about because you can stand you can be anywhere. We have to hide behind cars and shit uh, and pop a squat. Yeah. But okay. you can, yeah, you can still be indignant. I'm sure they still deserve <laughs> it. So. Um, okay. So you are one of my like type of favorite like guests because I know you, but I know nothing about your sexual history. Nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, and no one will after this podcast either. <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, when did you lose your virginity? I was freshly 17. Like, so it was like your B-Day. It was like your B-Day present. Um, It was like a week after. Okay. Yeah. It was the the end of junior year. Okay. I had been dating my boyfriend for 
since since a little bit before prom and he said you know i've had sex before so i i know that i want to do it <laughs> and i was like okay well let's just kiss instead let's like not do that yet yeah, i was kind yeah. of putting it off for a while and then we finally did it in um his best friend's bed we all hung out at this kid michael's house like uh, he lived with his grandparents, uh -huh. um, and they never checked in on what we were doing, I guess. So everyone just descended on this house in this backyard. <laughs> and yeah, smoked hookah, drank terrible beer. Oh, my God. And had a great time. Lost, lost their virginities. I'm sure I wasn't the only one. I was, for a second, I thought you meant that like you smoked hookah, drank shitty beer, and then lost your virginity. But it was just like everyone was doing that? <laughs> um. I'm, I definitely did that. I'm sure uh, mine wasn't the only virginity lost in that house, if you know what I'm saying. Did you feel? I don't know. It probably was. Uh, did you feel like, did you feel like you were ready or did you feel like you were kind of pushed into it? Mm, I felt kind of pushed into it, but then when it happened, I was like, that was fine. That wasn't a big deal. Okay. People put, make it such a big deal. Oh, yeah. It's like not a big deal at all. Yeah, it really wasn't. I kind of felt bad that I was like, should I feel more attached to this thing that I lost, but it's not a thing no, that you lose. Absolutely not. I went to um I went to JMU, which is like a huge party school in Virginia. And you were like ostracized if you were like a virgin. Like I had friends that were just like, oh you haven't done it yet. And that's so sad. Like what's wrong with you? Mm. Um I hope they all leave lead sad, terrible lives now. <laughs> yeah. Um you I know who you are. You know who you are because <laughs> I know you listen and I truly can't stand you. Um I know I'm such a petty little bitch, and I'm learning fun, to though. love it. I used to be like really <laughs> yes, embrace it, hurt, and like just sad that I was like that. Now it's like, no, you hurt me. Fuck off, cunt. Um, <laughs> but it's Wait. also like they're just like sad people. It's fine. But I remember just being like me and like my best friend were like, oh, we just like have to get this done. We just like have to have to get this done. And like I wouldn't do it until junior year of college. Uh, she did it before. She just like it was like someone back home. She was just like, let's just do this. But I remember being like, this is dumb. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not a, it's just not a big deal, which I, people are starting to get. And I think kids finally. now will finally be able to be like, whatever. It's fine. It's not a big deal. You're not a slut. You're not a whore. You just had sex or didn't have sex. It's fine. Yeah. Like, I just like, let's get rid of the whole like virginity bullshit. What do they call it now? Sexual, sexual debut. Sexual debut. Sexual debut. That's, That's what they're great. calling it now. That's good. Which is great. And it reminds me of like how people are doing like period parties now. Like mm -hmm. just like totally celebrating it and just like taking away the stigma, which I fucking love. Yeah. Which... I regret not having a period party. <laughs> I got my period and I asked my mom if we could have a party and she was like, absolutely. Aww. And I just didn't because I was like, wait, is that weird? <laughs> One of my favorite questions to ask people is when did you get your period? Because people, it's like JFK. People were like, I was here doing this. <laughs> yes, it was quite the experience, me getting my period. I was pretty young, I think. How old are you? 11. Oh, I was 11 too. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I was the one of the first ones of my friends. Actually, thankfully, the friend I was with, it was at a sleepover at my friend Alyssa's house. And me and Alyssa, she was kind of like my makeout practice. Ooh. <laughs> oh my God, um, I love this. Yeah. So we would be like wrestling in her room. Anyway, 
one night after a, a sleepover, um, I woke up and went to the bathroom and pulled down my panties, and it was a horror scene. Oh my it god! It was very upsetting. I didn't understand what was happening at first, and then I was like, "Elisa, I think I'm dying." And <laughs> then she was like, "I'll get my mom." Oh and my her god. mom came in and was like, "You're fine." Yes. Here's, Here's a, pad. a pad. Oh my Move god. Move on. <laughs> oh my god. Um yeah, I was 11 too and I I am not a doctor, I am not a scientist. I think it's based on weight. It's like when you hit 110 pounds. Mm. Which is like supposedly part of the reason why it's happening earlier for kids. Like we're eating better. I think. Yeah. No. We have like more calcium in our bones or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Cuz it got milk. Yeah, 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 got milk. I remember being like, it was something about milk. It was like something like it's making it happen younger or something. Hormones and milk too. And uh, all kinds of things. And like basically everything. Yeah, so it's a good thing, but it's all, I don't know. Right? I don't know. I actually don't know. Yeah, no, me neither. And I should know more <laughs> about like the hormones and shit and food, but I've hit this point where I'm just like, I don't care. I don't care. This tastes good. And we're fine. And we're fine. And I don't. Fully, I'm just gonna sound crazy. I don't fully believe the organic shit. Like, I think a lot of places are just selling stuff and it's not organic. Like, I I think it's bullshit and they're just like upping prices. Again, I have no facts on this. I have nothing to base this on. You have to have FDA approval to say that you are organic. You do, you do. I remember because I used to work in beauty uh, digital marketing. And we worked with this kind of organic brand. Oh. And we would say, it's organic. And they would say, actually, you have to say that it's made with 98% organic material. Wow. Oh, my God. There is a good documentary out right now that I have to give to you or, like, get the name of. It's about makeup. And, like, oh, do you know what I'm talking about? No. It's, like. But I'm, like, yes, I'm familiar with makeup. So it's horrifying <laughs> because supposedly, like, all the makeup that we're using, like, they don't know what it's doing to oh, us. Oh, wait. I did watch this, I think. Um, oh, fuck, I'm like on my phone this whole podcast. And, and there's like the, the horror scene about this girl who thought she was getting a Kylie lip kit, but then her lips were glued together. So this is different. It's a, oh. as the person that I um, follow on Instagram, Sarah Radden, she's an amazing, um, she's an amazing writer. She writes for like Vogue and all the places. And it's Toxic Beauty is the new film showing us beauty, how, how beauty products are poisoning us. And oh, she says, not even the knockoffs, just the regular Just ones. regular. Oh. So there's a serious lack of testing and regulation surrounding the thousands of chemicals and common products that we use on our bodies every day, including parabens and uh, phthalates, I think is how you say it, mm-hmm. which have been scientifically proven to be hormone disruptors that cause a host of health issues, including pe- preterm birth, um, endocrine disru- disruption, mercury poisoning, poisoning, breast cancer, and ovarian cancer. And the European Union has banned 1,300 chemicals. U.S. has only banned 11. Uh, and it's, where else should you write? In, even organic ingredients like lavender oil have their own problems. This essential oil, which today is commonly found in wellness products, has been found to disrupt the hormones of young boys, causing things like abnormal breast, breast growth. Oh. And then hairstylists, nail technicians, and makeup artists are even at a higher risk due to their exaggerated exposure. And so it's called um, Toxic Beauty. And I saw that and was like, oh, fuck. That's why I don't believe like the organic shit because it's like, sure, it's FDA approved. But like, who's watching like the FDA? This is when I get into weird conspiracy theories. I've shit. never heard of, I've never met anyone who I don't think the there FDA. anyone is like watching them. Oh. That's why I'm like, I don't know. I This is when I sound crazy because I'm like, I don't know who to trust. I feel like it's like the Parmesan cheese where you found out there was fucking like 
uh, woodshed or chippings in it. What? Yeah. Where? What? What cheese? Like the one in the green thing. They found wood chippings in it. The green thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's the best one. What is it? It's like, <laughs> there was this great quote that was like, the American dream used to be like making money, and now it's like making money at the expense of like hurting people. It's like, just how much money can you make now? And mm. who, who cares who you affect? Um, yes. Yeah. That's why I'm like, oh my God, I don't know. I, how did I get here? Organic. Organic food. Organic food. Do I eat it? Um, oh no (laughs) (laughs) me well no um what happens is i go on weird tangents and then caitlin just like edits (laughs) do you know what i mean good good i like tangents because i don't know if you can tell but i'm really nervous i'm getting less nervous but as soon as you asked like me to do this i was like no but yes i do have to do it because i find it very scary And I was also obviously incredibly flattered that you invited me on because you've had so many cool people. Some I know, some I don't. But yeah, it's like a really cool podcast. And I I feel honored that you wanted to have me on. Just like, I want to be good. But I, like you, like you've mentioned on previous (laughs) episodes, I hate talking about myself. I get really weird about it. Like, I'm a good (laughs) listener. And then I start to get like weird. And I'm like, that's where the tangents come from. Because I'm like, I have to keep talking. They're looking at me. I just have to keep going. They're looking at me. Why are they looking at me? Why are they still listening? Um, Like, this podcast has been a huge social experiment for me. Because if it wasn't for Aaron, I would never go out. Uh, Mm. Before Aaron, like, me and Matt, we, like, never went out. And it was amazing. We would just drink in our apartment. And I was like, this is the best. And it's still, like, hard to go out. It is. Especially in the wintertime. Forget about it. Oh, my God. I know. But at no point was I like, oh, Mary's nervous. You're doing great. Thank you. And if there's any any questions (laughs) that you're like, "Mm, I don't want to answer that. Like, you don't have to answer anything. Okay, cool. This morning when um, my husband Bob was leaving, I was like, hey. Is there anything on the podcast you don't want me to talk about? <laughs> and he was like, I guess we'll see. <laughs> I was like, that's the spirit. <laughs> that's also really horrifying, too, because, like, I talk about Aaron all the time and, like, some pretty, like, graphic shit sometimes. And there's only been one time that he came up to me and was like, I didn't like that you said that. And he was mm. like, it's OK. I know it's out there, but you, like, misrepresented me. And I was like, oh, you are so right. And it's just, like, learning to just, like, listen and check in and things like that. And I was yeah. just, but otherwise, like, He's fine with it because I know like he has friends that listen. His mom does not listen. Thank fucking God. She used to read my Red Book articles, which were like nothing but sex. So Aaron's like definitely featured in them. Mm-hmm. And I guess like she was on the phone with Aaron's sister once and was just like, well, Red Book has changed since I was your age. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And like she's like the saint of a woman that like I know she likes me. But I'm always wondering if he was like, if she's like, I wonder what would happen if Aaron found like a normal girl, you know, like, <laughs> but like, but no, like she, that's not how she thinks. And Aaron will be like, shut the fuck up. Like she likes you. And I'm just like, mm, I know, but like, I'm weird. Like, I'm not sure that this is what she thought you would marry. You I know, feel, I feel the exact same way. Really? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm certainly the first black girl that what's his name? Bob has ever been with. <laughs> <laughs> The whitest name ever, Bob. <laughs> well, Bob and Mary, pretty white sounding couple. That's also very That's true. true. That's true. Yeah. That, I mean, like, that is a really good point, like, to feel not accepted. Like, because now that you guys are married, too, do you still feel that way? Like, since the relationship Oh, I has... never felt, like, not accepted. Oh, okay. I just thought, like, they notice. <laughs> <laughs> 
They're um, aware of the situation. <laughs> um, like once at Bob's sister's wedding, um, this couple, um, Bob's parents' friends came up to, not me, um, another young lady at the wedding, the only other black girl at the wedding. And I heard this reporting from her later. She came up to them. Um, they came up to her and were like, you must be Bob's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, who, what? Like, no, I'm with my boyfriend. She was standing right next to her boyfriend. I was with Bob all night. I don't know how they found <laughs> a time. Oh, my God. To... Anyways, and later she came up to me and told me the whole story. And I thought it was very funny. Um, it was. I met them later. And they thought it was very funny. They thought it was funnier than I did. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're all. Yeah. Yeah. Like you. This is a major microaggression, <laughs> uh, if you didn't notice. Major micro. Major microaggression. <laughs> <laughs> Severe. Have, how long have you and Bob been dating? Four, four years. Four years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. How'd you guys meet? At a bar. Old-fashioned way. Love it. IRL yeah. in real life. Yeah. It was cute. I had done the online dating thing. Um, my previous two boyfriends I had met on OkCupid and Tinder. And um, then I was still dating one of them. <laughs> when you met Bob? <laughs> the second of the two. Yeah, when I met Bob, um, he was also dating someone. We just met. Um, did you ever go to Darty Bar in Williamsburg? Mm-mm. I never really went to Williamsburg that much. Oh, well, it's okay. It's closed now. Oh, okay. Which, which is fine. Um, but yeah, I met him there uh, with Chelsea. And... Uh, I was there with Chelsea, dancing around, spinning in a circle. He was there with, oh, his friend Matt. <laughs> they both officiated my, our wedding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the first time, because they were there the first time. I spin around. Eventually, I started flirting with both of them. Because whatever, I'm drunk. I'm, yeah. I, like, I think I took the glasses off of Matt's face and put them on my own. That was my move before I had glasses. And this was when I learned that I needed glasses. Shut up. It's true. I put them on and I was like, what are these? <laughs> and, and they're like, they're glasses. And I was like, but this isn't, this is some kind of special because I have perfect vision oh my and God. everything looks so pointy and dangerous right now <laughs> in a beautiful way. And they're like, you need glasses. Like, yeah. If it's and then I got glasses and now I can see things. Wow. Oh my God. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what is this superpower? Um, so yeah, but we were both oh, um Bob was like really drunk at this point. And also apparently they had eaten some no, they had some kind of like milkshake with like magic brownies, magic brownies, special brownies. Ma magic special. Magic I feel like both were. Whatever. They were magic, they were special. He drank them in liquid form um with alcohol. And so, you know, they were having a ball. He was like, give me a number. I find you enchanting or whatever. He said, I find you enchanting. He probably said something like that. I <laughs> love how bad that is. I find you enchanting. Um, no, what he actually did, which is really sweet, was he wrote a note. Um, he carries around notebooks. He like loves to, to write and he writes beautifully. Um, and he wrote in his notebook, I know you're, you have a boyfriend and think your situation is permanent, but please give me a call. I would like the chance to get to know you. 
and had his number at the bottom. Maybe it wasn't please give me a call, but it was it was something like that. I kept the note for such a long time. I wanted to frame it. It's disappeared in the past couple no. of years. Devastating. Devastating. Um, but I was like, this guy is named Bob. I'm never going to see him again. But I gave him my number to be polite. A week later, um, me and Chelsea and our friend Kim went back to this bar and he was sitting there. I walked in, saw he was sitting there. He kind of like, and then immediately my friend Kim realized she left her wallet at the movie theater we were just at. So she ran out, we ran out after her. And then Bob texted me and was like, oh, I've never been so, something about how disappointed he was. And I was like, dude, I don't know you. <laughs> like, Your feelings are not my responsibility. Yeah. Um, Kim found her, no, Kim didn't find her wallet. She went home because no one wants to stay out after you lost your wallet, yeah. I guess. And me and Chelsea were like, well, we're staying out. So we stayed out, hung out with Bob again and his new friends. It turns out that Bob had been going back to that bar every night that week <laughs> to just sit and drink and hope that I would walk in. And he had just found these random people at a bar that he was pre-gaming this bar at and was like, hey... I'm going to go wait for this girl to show up. Oh my God. At this bar. You want to come? And um, so, yeah. And then later, I found out that Bob had a girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, shit. The plot thickens. I know. I know. Well, I had a boyfriend too. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, this guy, Bob, he's, he's, he's bad news. He's trying to like get with me and he has a girlfriend. And I don't know. Wait, actually, it wasn't confirmed yet. It was just a rumor that he had a girlfriend. Okay, he kept okay, asking okay. me out. He was like, let me take you to lunch. Let me do whatever. And I was like, no, no, no. I have a boyfriend. I have a boyfriend. He said, well, if it's any consolation, I have a girlfriend. I acted like I didn't already learn that um, from Chelsea, who learned it from someone Bob was with that night. And I was like, oh, well, in that case... Since it's confirmed, I will let you buy me food and I will berate you about what a terrible person you are all the while because I was hungry. So <laughs> he, yeah, we, we went to some uh, like southern food place in, in Bushwick and he bought me lots of food, lots of drinks. And I was like, you suck. You're the worst. How dare you <laughs> treat this person this way? One more order of fries. And... <laughs> And uh, yeah, so then we hung out like that whole day and I realized that I enjoyed hanging out with him. He was funny. And I told my boyfriend about it. Yeah. I was like, I met this dude. We're friends. He buys me food. He's my buy me food friend. And you live in Amsterdam. So oh, you should be happy someone's feeding me. Oh, shit. So he it was long distance. Yeah, it was long distance. Oh, yeah. shit. Bob's relationship was long term. My relationship was long distance. Bye. Yeah. So how long had Bob and this person been together? Eight years. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. And you just walked in and he was like enchanted. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Wow. Yeah. It, um, but it led to a very chaste courtship because we were friends for six months. You uh -huh. know, friends with like building sexual tension, yeah. which I pretended wasn't there. I was like, I'm not interested in Bob. Look at him. He looks nothing like my boyfriend whom I love. How could I possibly be interested in this man? Um, but then a 
a while in, I was like, oh, I think I am. And I, I noticed it because when, when my phone would buzz, I would wish that it was Bob it was texting Bob. me. Uh, but I had plans. I had big plans. I was going to move to Amsterdam. Fuck. How fun would that be? <laughs> I've heard great things. I have yet to go. It's fun. I've been um, twice, I guess. Yeah, I went twice while I was dating this guy. Um, and yeah, really fun place. But he was straight edge, which I was like, kind of defeats the point. Yeah, I like <laughs> not gonna yuck your yum, straight edge people. But uh, oh no, obviously straight edge people. That's great. That's great. You're but doing I great was not, things. And I was in Amsterdam. Yeah, that's what I say. Like that's like, <laughs> that's like you have everything in Amsterdam. Like everything. Yeah. Um. So. All they did was like sit around and drink responsibly. <laughs> just didn't understand it um well where where did i leave it um you were very excited anytime you texted yeah you, anytime you had you big plans i was excited and i started kind of panicking because i had all these plans also um pepper the name i gave to my then boyfriend because his dutch name was too hard for me to pronounce pepper was coming for christmas and you know there were tickets bought. There were plans. And oh I like I had never had a a man over for Christmas before. So it was like a big deal meeting all the most important people in my life. And I have complicated feelings with this other guy. And I talked to my mom about it and she was like, Well, Bob's a cad. I don't trust him. Um, so I was like, Okay, I guess you are not team Bob. Um, and I was at work. I used to work at this uh, PR firm that I say firm generously because it was me and the the elderly man who I worked with. And I operated the computer for him pretty much. And um, so it was a boutique. It was a boutique. Yeah, that's much better. I told Bob, like, I'm having kind of a freak out at work right now. I have feelings. Can we talk about them? And so Bob hops on a bike. He works. Um, on in a building right above Grand Central Station and he biked over to Chelsea where I was and um yeah we met at a bar downstairs and I was like I'm pretty sure that I really like you and I don't know what to do he had already expressed that he liked me and I just was like oh you'll get over it he was like hey you know if it makes you feel better I'm not that great um, I, you know, you shouldn't stress out about this, you know, if, if you, if you're happy with this guy. And I was like, that's the thing I don't know. So then Thanksgiving happened. Um, and Pepper came. Pepper did not come for Thanksgiving. Oh, he was coming for Christmas. He was coming for Christmas. Coming for Christmas. Thanksgiving yeah. happened. I was home. I was talking to my mom about things. And I was like, it's not right to have feelings for somebody else. And be dating this person and planning to like a future with this person. That's not cool. So I called him and I broke things off and went downstairs and told my mom and she cried. <laughs> She's like, I wanted him to come for Christmas. I was like, we all wanted him for, to come for Christmas, but it just wasn't right. And I told Bob when I got back to the city, um, we met at a bar and I said, hey, I broke up with Pepper. And I need like a week of space from you to make sure that that's what I want, even without you around. Yeah, yeah. So I think it lasted like three days before he emailed me 
No, we were talking in parentheses. We would send each other emails in parentheses. Like, we're not really talking to each other yet, but here's how my day is going. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and finally, we met at Reclamation Bar to talk. And he was like, I'm going to break up with my girlfriend and we're going to make this happen. Wow. And I laughed for like a solid 10 minutes because I was so relieved. I don't I I wasn't sure that he was going to do that. Yeah. Because I was going to ask, like, had he broken up with her at any point yet? No, he didn't break up with her at all yet. (laughs) He didn't break up with her till. Actually, a couple days after we had this conversation, which sucked. (laughs) Oh, my God. But um, that night we had our first kiss, which was like sinful because he wasn't quite single yet but why well, i couldn't hold out anymore you done <laughs> you had done the work all right it's yeah. been six months you had gone in with all the intentions of being like dude fuck you you have a girlfriend i made like- myself as gross and, and as unappealing as possible he took me to eat ethiopian food like the second time we hung out <laughs> he just like wanted- i was like up to my elbows in like <laughs> yeah. ethiopian food like <laughs> <laughs> licking all my fingers and he was like still into it <laughs> He's like, like it. Because uh, yeah, if, if they were dating you know. for eight years, then they had to have lived together, right? Yeah. Okay. So after they broke up, like how messy was it? Um, It wasn't that bad. Obviously, everyone was upset. But they, they shared an apartment. He left, kept paying rent for a month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, And either their lease ended or they ended it. She found another place to live. He stayed at an airbnb for only like two weeks before i was like that's stupid just come live with me and so (laughs) shut up oh my god i love this story so much because it's like everything you're not supposed to do like everything you're not supposed to do and y'all are fucking married now you know like oh my god this is this is really ross and rachel it's like a friends episode it's like why are they doing this it's like watching a horror movie like get get out of the house they're all the wrong choices. Yeah. Oh, my God. It, it worked out. Yeah. So he came and he moved in with me and my roommate at the time, Kim, in our railroad apartment. Oh, my God. But it wasn't the kind where you walked through a room. It was the kind where there were rooms on either end and they each had a, I would say, a that's, door. That's a way different situation. That's perfect. Yeah. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Oh, my God. Because you could pretend you have your own like studio. Like, oh, open the door. There's my bed. I don't know Kim well. Like, I know of her because she's a comedian. But I have like the hugest crush on her. Like, she is. So fucking hot. She is very crushworthy. Yeah. Her hips don't lie. And she has like very like flawless skin. I was just about to say. <laughs> no, she has like gorgeous skin. And I feel so creepy because like I've never talked to her in person, but I know who this person is. I'm just like, no, you're fucking gorgeous. And her hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, she's super hot. Like the and also funny. She's a comedian. She's also very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Blonde hair, like blue eyes, right? Wavy. Yeah. Brown eyes. Brown eyes. Yeah, I she's tra- and she's like, gotcha. <laughs> Still amazing, sparkle, sparkle. <laughs> and then you guys lived, all three of you together, for how long? Um, A year, maybe a little over a year. Okay. Yeah, it was like great for everyone's bank accounts. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Splitting it three ways. Yeah, it was, it was pretty fun, pretty ideal. But... um. Then, yeah, Bob and I, after a year or a little over a year, we started looking at other places. And Kim got a boyfriend right around the same time that I got a boyfriend. We're, like, kind of on the same boyfriend schedule. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> we have been. We we lived together for six years. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a long time. So, yeah. We, yeah. In a good way. A I mean, like, it, it's a good way. When you can live with someone that long in New York City, it's like a huge sign to like your relationship. Yeah. Um, my next question. Okay. I have a couple, I have a couple follow-up questions. Was it hard right away to like, had you ever lived with a significant other before? No. Was it hard? I tried. Oh, okay. I had a boyfriend, my um, OkCupid boyfriend from a few years prior. He had air conditioning at his apartment during oh, the summer. Shit. So I was like, I'm just going to never leave here and see if he notices. He noticed. It was the summer after graduation, and he came in and would see me lounge in and be like, are you applying for jobs? Oh, my I'd God. Be like, are you my mom? Wow. Like, why are you asking me these intrusive questions? Yeah. <laughs> that didn't last, obviously. No, it didn't. And then when did your mom, if she did, come around on Bob? <laughs> it took a while. She I, was suspicious of him for a while. Hearing the story, like, I, so I know, I know Bob, like, uh, like, not very well, obviously, but, like, I, I've met him. I would have never thought, like, this is how you guys met. <laughs> like, ever. I, I would be, like, side-eyed about for, like, two years being like, mm. Who else yeah. are you waiting in a bar for? <laughs> mm. Like, I would be so suspicious. I'd be so and suspect. He'd, he'd deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. And I was kind of talking shit about him to my mom. Mm -hmm. As in, like, telling the, the truth. Anyway, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I was telling her the truth. Um, and she was like, no, no, no. Like, Pepper is the one. Bob is a cad. And she, um, <laughs> I mean, she still says, his name, like, Bob. How's Bob? But now she says it with love behind it. I don't think it took that long. After they met. Okay. After they met, this was. Uh -huh. So my mom is an actress. She was doing a production of Medea in Austin. And my plan was to go and surprise her. And Bob booked us the tickets. We are like, we're going to surprise her. I'm going to meet her for the first time. Side note, my dad ruined the surprise after knowing about it for three months. He chose to tell her like an hour before I was boarding the plane. It's fine. But fucking dad. I like they're so sweet, <laughs> but it's like stick to the plan. <laughs> stick to the plan. He couldn't do it. It's okay. We love him. He's such a lovely man. But we we went down there. My mom met Bob and he's so lovable, you know? And she was so happy to see me. And she knew that, like, Bob had brought me there. So it was, like... It was a good icebreaker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that it all was, all was well after that. Okay. Yeah, it just took a little FaceTime. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Okay, more questions. How did you meet Pepper? You said Pepper. Tinder. On Tinder, yeah. Okay, were you in Amsterdam or, Amsterdam, or was he here? He was here. He was traveling around. I feel like maybe it was his best friend's wedding, and his best friend lived in like the middle of America, but he's European. So Pepper got like, I don't know, three months off to just travel around. He was hitting all the hot spots and one of them was New York. And he was on Tinder and he's a cutie. So I swiped right and we met up and then we like just kept on talking. We were really sad when we parted. We hung out for like three days in a row. I think. Oh, wow. I think he kind of moved in with me. <laughs> <laughs> He was like staying at an Airbnb in Harlem, but I was like, no, stay with me. And he did. And we got very close. And then he left and he was like, I will find a way Aww. for us to be together. It was very romantic. Um, but yeah, in the end, we really had kind of nothing in common. I think what we most had in common is that we both 
so desperately wanted to be loved. <laughs> and we were both nice people. Aww. And I think we were both Geminis. <laughs> do Geminis do well together? Like dating? I don't know. We dated. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. People are always like, I will never date a Taurus or I'll never date an Aries. And I'm like, I don't know what this means. Because I, I only know my sign. Like, because yeah. I only care about and my And I don't sign. really know what it means. Like, I'm two-faced. Yeah. I'm duplicitous. Okay. <laughs> love it. I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. It's like, love it. Live it. Here for it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I'm a Leo Virgo rising. And I'm just like, I think I'm perfect. Sorry, guys. That is no what one, that means. Yeah. No if one else can compare. In the, in the book, that's what it would say. <laughs> um. But yeah, mostly with with me and Pepper, most of what we would talk about is how much we love each other, and not about any specific anything else. But yeah, oh, just damn. like I love you, I love you so much, I love you so much. That was most of our conversations. I thought it was like a language barrier thing, but I think it's it's just different personalities. He um, yeah, he he came over and he hung out with with me and my friends, with me and Kim and Chelsea. Actually, we all went to brunch, and. Kim, they were talking about like their sexual exploits, you know, of the weekend or whatever. And they, ah, you know, we were having brunch. We were we were having mimosas, having a good time. Pepper gets on the phone and like walks away from the table and is on the phone for like half an hour, which is rude. Yeah. And then so that kind of sours the the tone of at least the relationship between him and my friends. And then on our way, you know, walking wherever we were walking after. He was like criticizing my friends and their behavior. And we're like, I hope you're not like that. I was oh, like, fuck. like what? A slut? I am. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Fuck. And I thought that was rude. We still continued to date for a while after that. Um, but yeah, it became clear that he was kind of judgy mm-hmm. of certain things like drug use. Definitely casual sex for sure. Which was strange because he was very into going down on me in public the first night that we met. Oh my god, where did where did he go down on you in public? Where 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 where? <laughs> I love public sex so much. I love it so much, so much. Uh, it was um, um, the Williamsburg waterfront, like the <gasps> promenade. Yeah, at yeah. Like two in the morning. Oh my god, were there like kind of people around? There were kind of people yes! around. I was, like, freaking out. But, like, did you kind of love it? I mean, well, here's the thing. I did not enjoy cunnilingus for, like, a very long time. That is very fair. It's not until someone is uh, very good at it do you understand why this is great. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's what I learned. Was he he good at it? Pepper? Yeah. I don't know. He was fine. I think I was, like, distracted by the situation. And also, like... So my first cunnilingus experience was kind of traumatizing. <gasps> no. Um in a in a funny way. I, I okay, was okay. I was fine. Um really I was not the main victim of the situation. It was this Anyway, okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I'll tell you my first time too cuz it's very embarrassing and I, it is like all my fault. Okay. Cool. Good. So, um I was on a trip to a resort with my friend Ashley and her family. Mm-hmm. And this resort was like in the Texas Hill Country. It was like, um, you know, the resort itself with a pool and then nearby it had lots of like water sport things that you could rent. But we get there and at some point we meet these older boys. We're 14. And we meet these boys who are like 19. And too old. Yeah. The, the difference between 14 and 19, I think, is kind of vast. 
is big. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but whatever. We're down to flirt. So we go out on the lake all day. We're jet skiing. We're water sporting. Then we're in the pool where we meet these boys and we're like, oh, do you want to? We have our own suite. We had our own suite. Oh, my God. Um, we have our own suite. Like, come hang out. So they came and hung out and, like, drank cheap beer at our suite. Um, and at some point, it was, like, already pre-decided. I was, like, I was, like, the ugly friend friend. Like, if... Ashley was the pretty friend, so obviously we know which boy she's getting. She's getting the pretty boy. I have to entertain. I don't want to say that he was ugly. He just wasn't as cute as the other boy. So anyway, I was like, I understand. So I'll, I'll take him. <laughs> and so I take him, and I'm sure Ashley's having tons of fun with this tall, blonde, tan man, and I'm over here with his friend. Making out hard. Um, then things he starts lowering himself down my body and I was like oh, oh, things are happening and he just goes for it and I don't realize until he comes up to kiss me that I had been on the lake all day I had been in the pool I had been sweating running around and I hadn't really been paying that much attention to the hygiene of my vagina, like my whole life, <laughs> like <laughs> because you're 14, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh shit, that's nasty!" And <laughs> I was just so mortified. I was like, "This poor man!" Like I was very concerned about him. Uh huh. And then until the point where he like gets rearing up, he starts taking off his boxers. He's about to like dick his dick in me and I'm like no no virgin virgin and he's like oh, okay we can still have some fun though and I was like I might <laughs> oh my god um and he's like all right well can I have some water and I was like yes we are both having so much water right now and then you guys are leaving I don't know exactly when they left but yeah oh my what god. I mostly remember is years after that never let a dude go down on me yeah, obviously. Like I, I, I mean, would be I figured out the hygiene thing, but I was like, it's not safe. <laughs> You'll get hurt. <laughs> well, I'm always like, I feel like anytime Aaron goes down on me, it's like in the morning, and I'm like, I usually wear just like underwear to bed, so it's just like things smell, and I'm always just like, are you like, what's going on? Like, is this too much? And he's like, it's fine. Like n everything's fine. I think we worry too much because. Mm. I think we're more sensitive to like our own smells because we like live with them. Mm. Like, because the fact that like he was like down there for a hot second, wasn't he? Yeah. And he never complained. Like, I think, no. I think men are just like, do it. Let's get in <laughs> it. But we're like, oh no, like we have to be dainty. Like, even like our vag like has to be so pretty and just like the perfect amount of wetness and like it can't have <laughs> anything weird in it. And it's like, it's like a literal like like petri dish down there and like that's okay. Yeah. You just got to you just got to embrace that and it it took me a while. Okay, I'll tell you mine. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like where to start. Um I lost I'm not sure if I told this on the podcast yet. I had just lost my virginity to this dude in college and it was like at his his friend's house and we like did it on the stairs and I bled all over the stairs cuz I was a virgin. What was on the stairs? It was wooden. Okay. Which kind of stained it, oh. which is fine. It's but fine. it's not as bad as as like carpet. Yeah, but right. I, I don't would, know. I would assume that it's better than carpet because yeah. like if you catch it quick enough, yeah. I don't think we did. Oh. Well, like we did catch it, but like 
because it was his friend, he was texting me on like our fucking flip phones one day and he was like, <laughs> I'm cleaning up your blood right now. <laughs> and I was mortified. I was mortified. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Then I realized it's a fucking sexy text because he was like, worth it. And I was like, oh, oh shit. Nice. And so he was like, let's, you know, hang out very soon. And I think either that day or like the next day, he comes over and he goes down on me. And I've never, like, so I'm freaking out. So I'm shaving everything. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I have to. <laughs> so he's going down on me and immediately he gets like, like, like uh, leftovers in his mouth. And he's Not like, oh, sorry. It's <laughs> like, what am I doing? And then I don't know if you guys know this, but you have to breathe very deeply when you're getting eaten out. If you don't, if you do what I did and do a lot of shallow breath, you hyperventilate. If you ignore <laughs> the hyperventilating, it starts to paralyze your body. So at one point, my, both my hands, I couldn't move them. Like they were just kind of stuck like this. Almost as if I had like cerebral pal palsy. Like I was just like, what is happening? And so I literally had to, with my like now weird hand, <laughs> knock his head and be like, you got to stop. <laughs> and he comes up and he's like, what is happening? He just sees me like on the bed, just like, I don't know what's going on. I can't move them. That's and he was so just like, scary. I know. And he was just like, oh my God. Oh my God. So now I've like bled on his friend's <laughs> stairs. <laughs> and he was like, are you a virgin? I was like, no. <laughs> Obviously, I was. <laughs> now I can't move my fucking hands. And we had a class together. Every Tuesday, Thursday, we had media history together. And we'd met through my friend, Colleen. And the next day, we had class. And we both accidentally got there early. And Colleen was just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, this is hilarious. Because now we, like, didn't know how to talk, like, be around each other anymore. Like, the yeah. first time, it was fine. One awkward thing is fine. The second one, it's like, one of us is to blame. Mm. And I think it was me. <laughs> and I was just like, mm-hmm, uh-huh. We're not talking about this. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. This is fine. This is fine. But he was graduating, so I never saw him again. But oh, I was just God. like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And, like, I wouldn't let anyone go down on me for a long time after that. Because I was like, what did I do wrong? And also... It was fine. It didn't feel like anything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was like, oh, how do I get that sensation again? Fiending for it. Right? I feel like dudes, when they're, like, not informed on cunnilingus, they start, they, like, they, they go with the lips. And it's like, no, you got to go up. Like, you got to, yeah, there's one spot. for it. Yeah. Get in there. Yeah. <laughs> there's one spot you need to focus on. But I didn't get an orgasm from going down until I was 24 finally a guy was like really good at it and then I was like oh my god like now I'm addicted was that your only public sex experience though um no yay <laughs> um my first boyfriend and I when I was 17 uh-huh we um did it in a movie theater yes I've always wanted to in a theater, but no person that I've been with has been like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, I don't think it was my, I, was it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it could have been. No. I'm not me. nice girl. <laughs> Actually, I was just reminiscing with my friend the other day about like our exploits throughout um, high school and college. And I was like, dang, like, I thought I was a nice girl. And she was like, Mary, no, you were not a nice girl. <laughs> you, <laughs> you weren't good. I was like, but parents loved me. She was like, they didn't know you. <laughs> I 
you're probably a nice girl. You just liked sex and like things like that. And the thing is, I didn't even like sex. That's another thing. Like I was kind of promiscuous, which was fine, but it was all bad. It was all bad sex that I didn't really want to have. And that's yeah. that's the real issue. Yeah. Like out of the hmm, people I've I've slept with, I would keep like two one percent, two percent. I probably shouldn't say percent. That's too telling. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to um because I work in Connecticut and like I have to drive a car. I was listening to like Kiss um one oh one or something with Ryan Seacrest as like the it's like the morning host. But it was like the caller was like a dude about like what number isn't okay. Like what number? Oh, I know. I was furious, and I will never listen to this radio station ever again. They're Wait, like, Ryan Seacrest had something to do with this? Yeah, <laughs> America's sweetheart. America's fucking sweetheart. <laughs> um, but I, the guys—I can't remember the guy's name—but it was like, yes, we're calling Paul. Paul called in and like was on a date with so and so, and when he would like jokingly asked what her number was, she said, "Well, 40. And I was like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And then two of the girls were like, that's fine. And one girl was like, I don't know. That's too much. Like, what does that say about you? Like, and the other girl was. get it? Yeah. (laughs) And then the other girl was like, well, what if it was meaningful? And then all three of them were like, not all of those were meaningful. And I was like, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Your number never fucking matters. It never matters. Get get sex. Just get sex. It's great. (laughs) It's not too meaningful. Ugh. Yeah, but I was just like so mad. I was like, it's 2019. Like, why? Why is this allowed on like a syndicated national radio show Mm -hmm. to say shit like that? At like, it was like eight o'clock in the morning that I'm listening to this. I'm just like, no, it's too early for this kind of judgment. Like, fuck you, Ryan. Like, I hate you so much. Always did. And now it's just like proven. Oh my gosh, I didn't hate him. I was fine with him. What the hell? He had to go and pull this shit. (laughs) Wait, I didn't even tell my thing about. Hair and consent. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. But I had been thinking a lot about my hair lately because that's what people usually DM me about. Um, And I've had my hair styled in sister locks for about 20 years now. So um, I was eight years old, the only black kid in my grade anyway, and also I had this really interesting hair. So people were always touching my hair, like adults, kids, squeezing Uh it, wouldn't even ask, asking lots of questions, like, like, how do you wash it? Were you born like that? Does it hurt when I when you pull it? And then like not asking for a response before conducting their own experiment. Oh my god! Yeah, I got my hair pulled a lot and squeezed, and you know all all kinds of stuff happened to my hair. But I I didn't really think there was anything that wrong with it. I was like, yeah, I have interesting hair, and people are gonna touch it. I started referring to myself as a walking petting zoo because that's like what what you felt that's like. That's what I felt like. So I feel like that probably had something to do with how I felt about consent later on. Oh. Because, yeah, like people were just always touching me anyway. And I was like, clearly this is more important to you than it is to me. And that's like kind of the attitude I had towards sex during a lot of my oh, career. I know. When do you think you were like, oh, this isn't okay? Like that, like that you should have um, more of an active response. The hair comes- thing? Um, not or even the, the sex thing. I guess both. Thing. Like, when were you just like, oh, I should have a more active say when it comes to the consent of like anything about my body? Yeah. Well, with hair, um, I moved to New York, and so there are lots of people with locks around. There are lots of black people around. I wasn't as much of a commodity. 
Um, so people didn't just didn't touch me as much. And um, except I remember once when I was in college, I was holding the door open to someone coming out of my building. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a tourist who was like Airbnb being there. And she just squeezed my hair as she walked by. She was like, ooh, and then kept walking. It's like, what? So strange. It hadn't happened in a long time. So I was very like caught off guard. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, but for the most part, it didn't really happen that much anymore. And then like more uh, black m- women started talking, being more vocal about like, don't touch my hair. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, don't touch my hair. So I have had a couple of opportunities in the past couple of years to say, don't touch my hair. And then during like the Me Too movement, uh-huh. and especially, well, you know, a lot of conversations about consent, like the Aziz Ansari thing, which mm-hmm. I was like, that's not so bad. Like that happened to me all the time. And then I was like, that's not good. <laughs> that happened to me all the time. Um, and then being like, oh yeah, we should we should talk about this. It is kind of good that this is out because. A lot of people are saying it's not a big deal, but it, it actually is. is. And it's sad that we're we're talking about it like it's not. So then I had like, I was like, oh my gosh, these boys from high school, these boys that I grew up with, like, had sex with me when I indicated that, like, I mean, not all at once, sorry, but no, no, separately. No, no. Totally, you're um, saying. <laughs> yeah, separately had sex with me at like, you know, times when I was like, hey, no, and then they're like, come on, and I was like, no, and they're like. Like just, you know, the coercion thing. Yeah. Which at the time I didn't think was that bad. Like I was kind of walking around like sex is just something that happens to me sometimes. I'm not that active a participant. I kind of got the sense that it wasn't about me. Yeah, sad stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's part of why, I mean, I'm really bad at percentages, but a very tiny percent (laughs) of my sexual partners I I would keep at the end of it all. And I finally confronted my friend um, about a time when we had sex and um, when I was in college. And I saw him for the first time in a couple years and was like, hey, so I've been thinking. And I just wanted to let you know as a friend, in case you're still like approaching sex in this way, that wasn't consensual. You should know that. And he took it about as well as you can ex- like hope. He was like, wow, I'm really glad you told me that. Oh shit! And, yeah, that's not how I was expecting that. Yeah, to go. I know, I know. He took it really well, wow. and you know, we hugged it out. I was like, I just want to, yeah, you know. He understood. It seemed. No, that is so baller that you yeah. did it. Not only told him, but did it like face to face to be like, hey, that wasn't okay. Yeah, thank and, you. <laughs> and you brought up like a, a really good point up with the Aziz one because everyone, that's kind of like where it went. People were either like, this is really really bad, or like, this is okay. This is not that bad. And I think it was like a slow burn. It like started to hit people being like, oh, wait, this means like what things that happened in my past, like weren't okay. Because like I remember reading somewhere that like kids normalize trauma to survive. And I think we do it as adults too, like Mm -hmm. to do that to just to survive. Because if we really dealt with like continuously like the shit that's happened to us, like every person, obviously it would vary for like person to person, like it would be overwhelming. And so it was an easy way for, I think, a lot of people just to be like, no, it's okay. That was okay. In the end, I said yes, but not realizing, like, how do they get to that yes? Yeah. Also, real quick, back to the hair thing, because I just remembered something that I guess I suppressed 
for a really long time, like years, I couldn't wear my hair down because I had essentially like an afro in the middle. Like I had locks missing in the Mm -hmm. middle of my head. And I noticed it in middle school. I was like, I don't remember like waking up one day and being like, (gasps) it was just like as my hair started growing, Uh it was clear that there was a problem. My mom noticed it and was like, what's going on there? I was like, I don't know. I have some hair missing, I guess. And um, my loctician would try to lock it up again. It would unravel. I basically just had to like keep my hair up and like tuck these tufts of hair under for years. And then once it finally did lock, I had to like make make sure the locks weren't sticking out in an unflattering way. And I found out, still in middle school, Uh just an offhand remark from my friend uh, Casey. She was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like when I cut Mary's hair when she was sleeping. <gasps> and I was like, you, you what? <laughs> and then the conversation moved forward and I was like, oh my God. I had already been dealing with this hair thing for like, I don't know, maybe a year now. And I was like, oh my God, she cut my hair. And, you know, I moved on because like, I wasn't going to like fight her about it or something. It had happened a while ago and I had been living with it and I was surviving and thriving and it was fine. But just thinking about the, like, that they felt entitled Entitled? to my hair, and then the act itself was such a... It was violent. Yeah, it was a violation. Yeah. And I didn't really think of it in terms of a violation until very recently. Someone, like, DM'd me on Instagram was like, your locks are so long and awesome. Have you ever cut them? And I was like, I actually haven't. But they have been cut. against my will and yeah so that's like another thing that probably piled on the like consent thing well because you you said that you were like the only black girl like in your school too and so it feels like and well at one like (laughs) out of a a graduating class of 500 there were 2.5 black people in my graduating class fuck that is a very white that was yeah. would be what someone would call like a Kanye concert. <laughs> I think Donald Glover said that. Um, but yeah. it sounds like it's it was almost like an act of survival of just like I don't want to ruffle the white waves because what like will these girls turn on me? Like if they're my friends and they cut my hair, what would they yeah. do if I like ruffled feathers and was just like that's not okay? Which one is it's just not okay that you even had to do that. Like that's I'm so shocked and horrified that someone thinks it's okay to just cut hair like that like yeah i mean that's an extreme thing i remember seeing it in was it harriet the spy who cut a girl's hair no it was on a little princess i don't think i ever saw a little princess anyway it was you well you gotta see a little princess First of all, on my list, heartbreaking and beautiful. I think I read the book. I had the book. Oh, okay. Well, then I don't remember it at all. Whatever. There was haircutting that happened in it. At the time, I thought it was cool, but it's not cool. I don't remember anyone else in our school getting their haircut at a sleepover. The most we did was like shaving cream in the hand or something. Yeah. The extreme pranks like only happened to me. The <laughs> the um someone like pulled a chair out from under me in in choir class, which. People did that. I, I had seen it before, but only, it only happened to boys and me. Oh. So someone pulled my chair out from under me in choir class. I fell entirely wrong. I fell on my whole coccyx. <gasps> and it hurt so bad. And I stood up and I like 
cry whisper sang through the rest of choir class. Oh my god! While these girls were behind me, like I just I was bullied a, a lot as a kid too because I was fat and like my mom like didn't know how to dress me because I was fat. Um, and so that made it worse. So I just get very I just if you bullied someone as a kid, you did like permanent damage. Like you changed their personality. It became a survival. It became suppressed. And a lot of times it makes people really strong and very cool, interesting people. But it's not fair that people had to go through that to get to that place. Yeah. I never really thought of myself as being bullied because they were my my friends did this. They weren't bullies. Yeah, I know. It's like it's friendship as a child (laughs) is just so fucking weird. And then, like, there's issues with consent all over again. And, like, every every consent has to, like, happen continuously, like, throughout our lives and, like, all so many different things. And it just makes me so mad. Like, I can't believe that. I just can't believe someone just, like, cut your hair and then didn't tell you later. I had no idea. I also didn't wonder. That's, like, how, like, I don't remember, like, agonizing over, like, what could have happened? What is going on? I was just, like, there's something I got to deal with. Tuck, 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 tuck. Hope it holds. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I'll drive myself crazy if I even try to figure it out. And then all of a sudden it was revealed and I was like, what? Like, oh my God. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And and then it's just like what you said. It's like, but then that parlayed into like how I viewed sex and consent. And like, that's why it's like crazy. Like when we aren't aware of what our actions do to other people, like that's really important. I'm really glad you told that story. Like that's really important to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) Guys, welcome back to 2020. I love that you started with Awkward Sex and City in an episode. There's going to be way more. I'm really excited to hear what you guys have to say. And thank you so much for all the great reviews. I got like a massive five-star reviews all of a sudden. And I thank you if I know you. And I thank you if I don't know you. And I wish you guys the best of luck for whatever you want in 2020, unless I hate you. And I hope you have a sad, terrible year. Go have sex. <laughs>